This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 173 of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. Today, we're rounding up our debut novelist series. Yes, indeed. But before we get into that, it's personal update time. And as scary as this is for Julia and Angeline, it's accountability time as well. So (laughs) it's not scary. I love it. It's my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Go on, setting. Now, because our January um, episode was a bit different, uh, we didn't really do the usual monthly accountability then. So we're sort of getting a fresh start today, which is nice. So uh, first of all, my personal update. Um, Things have been going. Yes, I guess. Um, And um, yeah, I've been working on my secret uh pen name project uh, i've been working through some edits of that the first round of edits and that's going really well um i'm 12 chapters into that now so yeah that's happening and i'm also starting to do some research and stuff for my non-fiction book and i have just today in fact lined up an interview with my first uh interview subject for the book uh, so that's awesome and i reached out I emailed somebody else uh who's quite a a big name in our circles and I'm crossing all my fingers and toes that they reply mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it, January's gone well um so I had I had sort of two well three yeah three goals really for January to do with my writing business and one was to set up interviews for the non-fiction Another was to publish uh, coaching content, which I've done, and um, the other was to work on secret fiction project. I really need to be able to start putting names on things and saying what things. <laughs> yeah, are. you're so secretive. <laughs> That's usually me. It is usually <laughs> Angeline. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So my January has gone well, and I'm I'm quite excited. And February. So my my goals for the month ahead, um, I am taking Becca Symes' Market Better Faster course. So I'm going to be working through that. Um, and I'm going to be just continuing to work on the two books that I've got in progress. So do the research for the non-fic, maybe start trying to draft some of that as well um, and finish. I, I would like by the end of February to have a complete, draft of the fiction so that it's like I I mean not just you know a complete ready to go to my editor book but that might be a bit ambitious I don't know we'll see February is a shorter (laughs) month remember (laughs) that's true it might spill into March I think by mid-March it needs to be done so by the end of February I want to be nearly there 
So, That's yeah. good. Um, for me, listening to Holly just makes me think, oh, I'm supposed to set monthly goals. I forgot. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we did that episode all about what we want to achieve in 2023, but I didn't really break it down as much as I should have. But I've been having coaching with the fabulous Holly Line, and she's helping me. <laughs> be a better organizer and goal setter um but for me this time of year it still doesn't feel like uh a fresh start to me I still feel like I'm percolating mm. <laughs> and I'm waiting for spring like I'm waiting for sp- I not not that I'm doing nothing but I just feel like I'm kind of getting ready to springboard myself into spring mm. that's a lot of saying the word spring but there you go <laughs> um for me, I'm just laser focused on the book formatting formula. I've been writing it and putting screenshots in it and making it look pretty, obviously. And I've decided to make it an online course as well. So the book will be a diet version of the course, essentially. Um, and yeah, so that's what February looks like for me is just pushing on ahead with that because I really want to get it finished by the end of March. So mm-hmm. Uh, that and working on the book formatting formula website so that that's kind of ready to go at the same time because I want the book and the course and the website all ready to go and I'll just launch it all at once so that's my plan awesome yeah so yeah January has been weird um the first like two and a half weeks of January were awesome and I was going great guns on a project I can't talk about. Um, <laughs> you Sorry. I want some secrets. <laughs> um, Maybe I should be more secretive. <laughs> you should. But uh, yeah, it was the beginning of January was amazing. And I worked really hard and was absolutely flying and actually posted loads on Patreon as well, which was mm-hmm. is always on my goal is to get more organized (laughs) with posting on patreon um but then like (laughs) last week um something happened and yeah basically the stuff has hit the fan the rug has been pulled out and um yeah I'm kind of in the middle of an existential crisis now (laughs) and totally reevaluating my everything everything in my business like every single tiny part of it I'm working out um where I want to go with my business and what my goals are and trying to offload the you know trim the fat the stuff that's not working for me even anymore even though it might be stuff that I enjoy um so yeah I'm making lots of big scary difficult decisions at the moment so I'm afraid to say that pretty much everything I talked about for this year in our goal setting episode <laughs> is now going in the bin and uh, yeah so I'm basically starting from scratch with my my goal for the year oh so February what am I going to do in February so February is the first half of Feb is going to be very very focused on my next world building guide the the topic of which is highly highly secret um, don't know it like <laughs> yeah, sure I know. like that is how secret it is um 
So I'm going to really, really power on with that in the first half of Feb. Then mid-February, I have Burton Sci-Fi Fantasy Con. And then the second half of February is going to be switching back to the project of which I cannot speak. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. And hopefully I'm going to try and post on Patreon more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, those are my goals for February. Please don't hold me to them. Uh, we will, because that's the point. It's a good thing you're adaptable. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Adaptability is our thing. It is, luckily. Goodness. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to sigh like that. (laughs) (laughs) I apologise. Okay, Uh, we've got no new patrons this week, but a huge, huge thank you to all of our current patrons who sponsor the show. We appreciate all of your support so, so very much. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter, of which there is plenty, and the chance to join in (laughs) with our monthly sessions of Sprints and Giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions and have a laugh. If you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. So, on to our main topic. First of all, let's remind ourselves what our guests talked about. So I spoke to Stephanie Shields and we talked about how she focuses on local sales in local bookshops. Um, And Junior spoke to Danielle Lauren, who talked about emulating trad publishing and being hardback first. And uh, Angeline spoke to Andre Garcia um, about getting your work out there and getting feedback and not being scared. So. I think we had such a good range mm. of interviews of people just doing things differently. Yeah. Yeah. I it really was an like interesting that. challenge, you know, finding debut authors. Um, because, you know, once you've been at this for a while and you pick up friends and contacts, a lot of them aren't, uh, you know, are at a similar stage to you or, you know, not far behind you. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting challenge and really fascinating to find out what is going on for debut authors now in the 2020s. <laughs> so. As opposed to our seasoned elderly authors. <laughs> I mean elderly <laughs> as in like, you know, we've been doing this a while now. <laughs> I still feel like a newbie though. Mm. So I don't know if it comes with time or if it comes with how many books you pump out because obviously I only have three still (laughs) yeah yeah okay so when did we each publish our first novels um i'm I'm the baby (laughs) (laughs) i published in april 2018 Mm -hmm. yeah so i should have looked this up but i'm pretty sure it was um the middle of 2015 Mm -hmm. that i did mine my first book came out at the very, very end, like the 28th of December or something, in 2013. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this year is my decade. Wow. Congrats. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah not wait. yet. All right. Well, so I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to say, though, like, 
we, I didn't really start taking it seriously as a business till probably about 2016. So the mm. first couple of books were just like, oh, I've written a book. Oh, there's a <laughs> button you can press that lets other people read it. Yeah, you know, that was it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, some of us have been at this a while. Um, it feels what... like it feels like less time. Like I think because you know the 2020 malarkey. Mm. <laughs> has made time go really fast like I was sitting here my maths is not my strong point so I was trying to calculate how many years it's actually been <laughs> and it's been five years right um hopefully I've got that right but it doesn't feel like it's been five years since I published the mirror souls like it mm. really doesn't it's no it can't be five years it is right 2018 <laughs> yeah. wait did I publish it in 2019 Oh my god! Now I'm questioning everything. <laughs> you know, no, it was it was 2019. No, because okay. I did I did Nano 2018. It's four years. There we go. Yeah, but I, I feel better way, now. 2019 was like last year, wasn't it? No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. But you are right. It does feel like we've had a big few year jump. Yeah. <laughs> so strange. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think the 1990s was like two years ago. So. <laughs> yeah like my um the fiction that I'm working on now I started writing that and I I hadn't realized I got a bit of a shock recently when I realized I started writing it for Nano in 2017 Mm. this although I obviously have not been working on it solidly for all that time I'd be deeply ashamed if I had um well that I shouldn't have said that it's fine to work on a book for many many years a lot of authors do um but yeah um it's been an on again off again project and I wasn't going to publish it you know I only recently decided I was going to publish it so yeah it's a strange one and like looking back at how far I've come since I started writing it you know how reading some of those early chapters has made me cringe <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> I've I have developed as an author quite a lot in the last yeah. five and a half years a few years ago I stumbled across a hard copy of my first ever NaNoWriMo project which I did I think it was 2009 was my first NaNo um it may have been 2008 one or the other and um yeah that will never ever see the light of day (laughs) (laughs) i might i might steal bits from it at some point to go into other things but no that story as it is will never ever be made public (laughs) see i find that interesting because i the mirror souls is the first thing i've ever written and that's like my that's my debut so it is interesting how um some authors start with stuff they don't want anyone to read mm. maybe I shouldn't have let anyone read it no I had a good I had a really good editor to be fair yeah that's the thing isn't it it's it's how you it's what you do with it if you if it's something you wrote that you never worked on and never tried to make as good as it could be then it's not going to be the best it could be yeah so. no true true yeah so what seems to be different from when we each published our first novels technology is hugely different like my first ebook i hand coded 
that thing <laughs> in um I think I don't I don't know if I pronounced this correctly, but the program Sigil. Mm. Um and it yeah, I hand coded that. I had to learn code and the technology has every year it's just getting easier and easier and easier to publish mm-hmm. with the tech that's coming out and it's so exciting and it's so brilliant and I'm a little bit envious of debut authors <laughs> coming into it now I'm like oh in my day we had to hand code them we <laughs> <laughs> all really like that but um yeah for me like it is the technology is like the huge differences that I see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly that for me as well. <clears throat> and sort of tied up with that really is the um uh the tools that are available mm. that weren't um particularly, you know, like we've got book funnel now, mm. which yeah. you know didn't exist when I first published. And now there are other things as well, similar things that have cropped up like story origin you know ways to get your books out to people Mm -hmm. find new readers find reviewers connect with other authors and do joint promos together all of that I mean when we was you know first getting started and we had to sort of go and find seek out (laughs) authors to do newsletter swaps with right we had to like go begging for people but now it's just stick an ad up and someone yeah you you had to go and find people to do newsletter swaps and then you'd find people and they'd be like what's a newsletter (laughs) it was not that widespread was it at all absolutely (laughs) yeah (laughs) how about you julia has anything changed much in four years not masses but i am liking seeing software come out that like atticus that pulls everything together rather than having to have writing software and formatting software and oh, even formatting yeah. software <laughs> uh, and trying to put it into a google document for your editor blah 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 i i just i am excited to see something that brings it all together just in one place and mm-hmm. um, yeah big fan definitely yeah i was trying to remember because i never had to hand code anything so i was trying to remember what i did i think i've always used the smash words like I don't use it anymore, but I used the Smashwords tool to create my mm. first ebooks. And so, um, for those who don't know, um, the uh, <laughs> the tool they call it the meat Back grinder. In the day of Smashwords, <laughs> the Smashwords meat grinder. You had to strip all the formatting out of your document, so it was just plain text. It couldn't have any like you know special formatting or styles or anything, and then. You stripped everything out and then put it through their ebook creator and it would create an ebook for you. And it was passable. I mean, it <laughs> did sounds the painful. job at uh. the time. <laughs> but I'm so glad we have better things now. So, so glad. Um, but yeah, Smashwords now has been integrated with Drafter Digital. It's all very yes. exciting. They yeah. have merged. I mean, once upon a time, we had to do ebooks in KDP and our paperbacks in Create Space. Yeah. Remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. My first foray into print, actually, I did print first. Um, and I used a site called Feeder Read. 
Oh, and I didn't was, even know that. Yeah, that was where I did my first print books. So that's why, like, where I say I started in 2013, it went on Feeder Read in 2013 and went on KDP at the start of 2014 because mm. I discovered that afterwards. I can't. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know how it happened that way around. I don't remember now, but yeah. Mm. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We had to hang Cody books in the snow. <laughs> the without any gravel. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, brilliant. So, um, that's a little look at what's different. What is much the same? Marketing is still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. To be fair, it has changed. It has changed a lot. I mean, it, marketing is always going to be constantly fluid and changing isn't it mm. um because social media was the thing um it was facebook and it was instagram and now they seem to be dying a little bit of a death mm. and tiktok is the new kid on the block but is that really getting people to sell their books sometimes yes sometimes no ads used to be a big thing and now no sometimes not so much it's like oh i can't keep up um, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. what's the same is sort of the fundamentals. It's you still have to write a good, you know, a good book. And don't cold DM people saying, read my book. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Warming people up before you make an offer is still still a thing. And remembering that you are your brand as mm. well. Uh, like personal personality, not personality. That's not what I mean. Personability, probably not a word but is, you know, quite important. Yeah. People buy from people. Yeah. Quite often. Yeah. For me, I would say the community is still much the same in the fact of everyone in the indie community that I come across is so generous with their time and advice and so incredibly supportive. Mm. And that has not changed from the days of, Google Plus, remember? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that was, Google that was where Plus. the wow. started. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first author friends from Google Plus. Oh yeah, and it was it was a massive author community, and yeah, I've really seen it exactly the same. That everyone is so generous with helping each mm. other out, which yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that's still the same. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. So if we were writing our debuts now, what would we do differently? So much. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. (laughs) For me, I'm massively, massively rushed. The publication of my debut novel. Mm. Like, I wrote and published it within five months. And that I mean, it wasn't a horrendous disaster, thankfully, but I wish I'd taken a bit more time because I did have to pay out for two covers because I got a cover done and then realised, hmm, this isn't hitting the genre at all and people are expecting the wrong thing just from the cover. So I hadn't kind of done enough research on that. And uh, I hadn't got my book proofread, which was stupid. <laughs> really stupid. So, well, yeah. Yeah, what I would definitely do different is I would be way more aware of the market. Um, 
What right to market? (laughs) I would I would not write crazy genre mashups that are difficult to even explain in person, let alone (laughs) do marketing. Mm. Um and I would have because I I didn't even know about tropes. Now obviously I was aware of them from being a big reader and movie watcher, but I didn't know about them. I didn't even know the word trope. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would have written more to market, and or at least tried, <laughs> because God, what comes out of my head comes out of my head. But yeah, I would have been way, way, way more aware of the market, definitely. Yeah, um, with my debut, like. You, Julia, I sort of rushed it. Once I had a finished book, I was so excited. I just kind of rushed ahead. I didn't get an editor. Um, I also paid a huge amount of money for the cover, um, which I wouldn't I wouldn't do now. I mean, like, you know, I do things more cheaply now <laughs> than I did then. Um, but I sort of, you know, it should be the reverse. You start you know bootstrapping it and gradually as you grow and build and have more income from it you can afford to pay more right that's kind of the the theory um but yeah I wouldn't if I was a debut author now I wouldn't spend 400 pounds on a cover I mean for me I yeah I paid a lot a lot for my first editor um she was accredited and all of that stuff um but I think that came down to a confidence thing. And I think it can be the same with spending on covers and stuff like that is, you, you know, you want it to go well and you don't really know what the options are. No. And yeah, hope yeah. for the best. Mm. It can be such a minefield because there is so much information out there. I mean, yeah. I think when we started self-publishing, there was a huge lack of information um but now there is it's flipped the other way and there is too much information and you know for a debut author now I think I think that's one thing that if I was debuting now I would really struggle with because I honestly I don't know how people now look at all the huge amount of information and discussions and manage to pick apart what's good advice and what's bad advice or what's mm. good advice for them yeah um because i think if i debuted now i'd be looking at it and i'd be so overwhelmed by the huge amount of conflicting advice out there that it would probably stop me doing it altogether mm. i think it's quite overwhelming um yeah. so thank thank goodness for like people like us <laughs> laying it out as it is <laughs> yeah but uh yeah you you've gotta I think you've just gotta find your source yeah a source that you trust and kind of stick to that path certainly to start with mm-hmm. rather than trying to draw from everywhere because it is a conflicting advice that's out there yeah definitely yeah and yeah, I would also um, write more to market, which is something I'm getting the opportunity to do with having a pen name 
it is a bit like starting again so you know I've got no audience I've got it's it's starting from scratch so I've got to um find those early readers and research the market and do all of all of the things so it's a nice opportunity and it's I've been saying for a while now it's something I wanted to do is kind of take everything I've learned over the last 10 years and try again and see if it's Mm. see if I can improve on what I've established for myself I mean that is it's a very unique thing that us authors get the chance to do isn't it reinvent ourselves yeah without anyone kind of judging that Mm. without it being you know untoward because you're pretending to be someone else but no you get (laughs) (laughs) you get to it's perfectly accepted isn't it Mm. (laughs) I think it's cool yeah all right so what is the most important lesson we've each learned So for me, definitely the most important lesson that I have learned is I apparently am not a typical book buyer. All of the decisions I made with my first books were based on how I buy books and what I look for and the understanding of me as a reader and a book consumer. But that's all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I am not a typical book buyer or internet user. (laughs) And that took years and years to learn. And it has taken many more years to shrug off, like just taking it for granted. Oh yeah. People are like me. Mm. Um, So yeah, that is like the most important lesson that I have learned is to look outside of my own habits and actually see what works rather than stubbornly going, no, but this is how I would do it, how I buy books. So I'm doing it this way. I'm marketing to myself. Yes, it was a lesson learned that I should not market to myself. <laughs> but they do say you should write the book that you want to read. But I guess yes. it's different to marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it's just success takes time. Not because I went into it thinking I was going to be an overnight sensation and that everyone's going to buy my book, you know, because obviously I'm not that naive, but just kind of watching the writing community and seeing how long it takes people to really gain traction and, uh, a reader base and all of that some people yeah they do kind of do it super fast and I, th- I just think they're lucky <laughs> but yeah just um I tend I'm a very impatient person in general mm-hmm. so that's why it only took me five months because I was just like go 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 published um but yeah no I think just to have patience and to gradually build up and just learn everything you can mm. yeah I think mine is sort of a blending of both of yours. It's that, um, that yeah, I'm also not a typical consumer. Um, and that, that we're all unique and we've all got our own path and our own way of doing things. And while I sort of, I knew that in inverted commas mm. before, I didn't know it. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't live by it. 
Um, so understanding that every author is is going to do things differently and that that's okay and that um, the, the way I want to do things, the way that suits who I am as a person is valid and that I don't have to run around chasing the next shiny thing that you know everyone the next you know bandwagon that everyone's jumping on what like tiktok yeah Yeah. um what did we learn from each other's guests what sort of insights did we get that we thought was valuable i learned a lot about history from stephanie shields (laughs) (laughs) it's fascinating (laughs) i yeah, it's really interesting to go sort of physical stores as your focus because you do not see that in our circles mm. very much at all. Um, in fact, to the point where a lot of indie publishing is focused on digital, not mm. even print, like, you know, even beyond before you even think about like physical bookstores, it's so digital, sort of digitally minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it particularly helps if you have a local interest, like there's mm-hmm. something about your books. Yeah. Um, you know, they're set in a, a real place, then you can appeal to that and... um you can approach those bookstores with a, this is a book about this place. Do you want to stock it? I think if you don't have that, it's probably not going to work that well. I can't imagine going into my local bookshops and trying to get them to stock my books because, you know, what's in it for them? That's what Danielle did. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I think, I think, I think actually like all three guests talked about things that essentially you can boil it down to don't be scared like don't be afraid to try something that isn't what everyone else is doing Mm. and you know this is all about like really just striding forward believing in yourself and just putting your work out there in the way that you want to do it and kind of like staying blinkered to your goals and going, I'm not going to look at what everyone else is doing. I'm not going to focus on the fact that I'm doing it different mm. because that's scary, isn't it? When you look up and realise, oh, hang on, not everyone's doing it the same as me. <laughs> it can it can really hit your self-confidence a mm. lot. And I think all three of our guests, actually, what they were saying was like, you know, it it was about having confidence to stride forward on their own path. Mm. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah I think that's really valuable mm. yeah I like that ah mm. <laughs> that's a nice note to end our main topic on as well that is <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather now um not at all related to our topic today <laughs> <laughs> all good just kind of silly So, would you rather always be incredibly underdressed for occasions or incredibly overdressed? (laughs) (laughs) I 
would wear ball gowns wherever I went. That <laughs> <laughs> would be so much fun. I think we need to normalise that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's what I'd pick. I I I would I'm gonna go the other way. I'd rather be mm. underdressed because um when I'm just lounging around at home, I don't want to be in formal wear. Yeah. Yeah, I. This is wherever you go. That like, does that count at home? I can laze around in ball gowns. No, no issue. <laughs> <laughs> I can be some Victorian lady. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm with you, Holly. Uh, um, at this stage in my life, I am comfort over style, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, I'm sorry, no strappy ball gowns for me. <laughs> I'd much rather just turn up to um, a wedding in a onesie. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I really believe that's what we need to normalise. Because, like, my kids go out in onesies, like, into town and stuff, and no one bats an eyelid because they're kids. And I'm like, not necessarily onesies, but, like, costumes. Can mm. we normalise adults just but randomly wearing costumes? Costumes is dressing up. That's that's but that's yeah. that's overdressing. But it's it's not necessarily like posh, you know. Like yeah, my you costume. You like that, though, so yeah. You define it's true. You know, I just want to wear a cloak and not be stared at. <laughs> <laughs> a cloak, cloak would with probably... pockets. <laughs> yes, I I would imagine a cloak comes under the overdressing. Yeah, mm. yeah. Can I wear a cloak with pajamas underneath? Yeah, halfway. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But now I'm just thinking of like, yeah, going to um a nice restaurant or you know, a wedding or something in because we're talking underdressed, so not not smart casual, but proper like, you know, what jumpers with holes in the elbows. Yeah, your slobbies. You know, like, mm, <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to have second I, thoughts. No, and I'm I'm quite excited about rocking up to a supermarket in full on <laughs> dress <laughs> and cloak. Yeah, and overdress doesn't have to be ball gown. I mean, interpret oh, no, no, it how no, you want. You true. could wear like a tuxedo or like you know really glamorous nightclub wear. I don't know. And like, which one of us has never stood on a windy beach or a headland and wished we were in like a long yes. black Victorian <laughs> yes. morning dress. Okay. Not you've won you've won the yeah. round. When we're, we're, yeah. morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dark, Angelique. <laughs> I also really want to see a return of bonnets. <laughs> You wouldn't wow. have to do so much with your hair, to be fair. I know. I know. <laughs> Bad hair day, bonnet. <laughs> I, and bonnets... it would be really handy in the brain, I think. Yeah, it just yeah. makes me think of um, Handmaid's Tale and it creeps me out. <laughs> so, no. Fair. Yeah, I don't think I can quite get on board with bonnets. But large <laughs> sun hats with like a, you know, a nice um, bit of like lace. Ribbon. ribbon yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah. Can get on board with that. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you for that. Would you rather question? Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> so remember that if you want to join us for sprints and giggles and get all of the other benefits, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. 
And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.